Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. We stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Baker takes the snap. Rolls right. Throws down the middle. And Joku's got it. 520, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Nick Jump. Odell Beckham Jr. 89-yard touchdown. Welcome back to Dog Pound Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cleveland Browns have broken the 18-year streak. They are back in the NFL playoffs. It has been a long time coming. God, man, you know, that game had me on pins and needles. When the Browns oh, were up 24-9, to yeah, I was like, okay, we got this. And then Pittsburgh started crawling their way back in, and I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to find a way to screw this up in typical Browns fashion. I had Cleveland. You know, we found a way to win, and I thought Miles Rudolph was going to be the one, or uh, Mason Rudolph was going to be the one to blow our yeah to blow our, to blow our playoff hopes. But it didn't happen. We made it. Yeah, we made it in. That's what matters. The hell of a game. The Steelers played with a lot of a lot of determination, and and I think um, a lot of the fans online were going on and saying, "Oh, congratulations, you got in the playoffs, beating a second uh, second string team." That's actually not true. They actually played a lot of their starters a lot more than I thought. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that they played as many starters as they did. Mm-hmm. But then again, I you figured that maybe they were trying to play for that second seed. Um, I think so. Uh, I don't know if it was more so, you know, uh, Mason Rudolph was playing for his possible future and he was really determined. It's possible. I don't know, though. I don't know, but all I know is the game was nerve-wracking, but the Browns finally came through. That's how you know it's a different Cleveland Browns team. Yeah, I'm just so glad to see, you know, we're going to have a week 17 or a 17th game. (sighs) Thank God, man. Uh, for the first time, the Browns are actually going to play into the early to mid-January. 
Miracles do happen. It's about damn time. Question is just going to be, do we have a shot in Sunday night's rematch? That's going to be the big question, but we'll get into that at the end of the show. Let's yeah. uh, let's cover this one. All right, let's get into it. All right, first we'll bring up the uh, the stat line here. <sighs> okay, so the stat line here, um, Mason Rudolph, 22 of 39, 315 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. I, I have to say, he, he kind of impressed me. I didn't expect this kind of game from Rudolph. Oh, no, I didn't either. But, yeah, like you said, he really impressed me as well. I think, the. I mean, before this game, I would have said, you know what, I don't think the Steelers have their future quarterback on their roster. But now I'm starting to think maybe with a little bit of grooming, they might. I don't know. I'm hearing rumors swirling around that uh, Cam Newton might be available for in the offseason, and he the Steelers could potentially pick him up. Do you think they will? Oh, do I think they will? No, but there's the potential there. Yeah, uh, I don't think the Patriots are going to stick with him. Um, I think that he didn't overly impress there. Um, I don't think it was a right fit, and I think they're going to move on. Who they're going to move on to? I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's go down to Mayfield stats here. 17 to 27 for 196 yards and one TD. I mean, they're nothing impre overly impressive there, but the thing that is impressive is that Baker was able to come in and finish the game and be able to be the one to run the last play. Oh, yeah. Uh, to make up for his three, uh, his two fumbles last week. No, his three fumbles last week. Three fumbles, two lost. Um, and I, you know what? I think that says a lot about uh, Kevin Stefanski's faith in Baker Mayfield. A lot of a lot of coaches would have balked at the chance of giving their quarterback another chance to put a big game away, and uh, and he did, and he came through. Yeah, he did. I was really, I was surprised as hell about that last play. Yeah, um, I'm surprised he didn't go to Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. Um, he put a lot of faith in Baker's ability to be able to stretch the ball forward, and not only did he come through, but he also gained three or four instead of gaining just one. Exactly. Well, one of the things I got to talk about here, Mike, and the, one, the moment that scared me the most, mm -hmm. that onside kick recovery. Um. Yeah, yeah, Um. That's when I thought the game was going to <laughs> shift away from us. I thought, oh, my God, yet again, the Browns are going to be one of the only teams to let an onside kick happen this year, and it will cost them the playoffs. I would have been so pissed off if that happened. Thank God it literally looked like he sat on the damn ball. Well, just think, if he would have actually turned his whole body around instead of sitting on it, he wouldn't have got it. Oh, yeah, I know. So, uh... God, man, I just think back to that play now, and I remember when they couldn't tell who had possession. I literally had my head between my legs with my head down like, are you are you effing kidding me? Yeah. No, I can understand that. <sighs> but saved. So going down to the rushing category here. Uh, let's start out with, I guess, Chubb right off the bat here. Uh, Nate. 15 carries or 108 yards, one touchdown. <clears throat> That 47-yard long uh, rush he had to start the game would just put them away. Oh, yeah, that excellent touchdown. Um, yeah. I knew at that point Nick Chubb was going to be running with a purpose in this game. Oh, God, yeah, you knew that. 
And I'm happy to say, too, that Nick Chubb did get over 1,000 yards on the season. Yes, he did. 1,067. I know when you saw that huge uh, game by Baker Mayfield, though, uh, I want to say it was like the 28-yard game that he had. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We've now got our second leading rusher on the team this week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Mayfield, 44 yards, man. I was really impressed that, you know, um, the, the my biggest gripe the last two years with Baker was that I always felt like, you know, in college, he was not afraid to be mobile and run the ball. And it just seemed like the last two years, Hugh Jackson and, and Kitchens were restricting him in the pocket. And Stefanski <coughs> finally letting Mayfield be Mayfield. Oh, yeah. And it's about time, too, because he, that's where he excels. Yeah, why Why keep a guy that's better throwing on the run and out of the pocket and keep him contained to change his whole way of playing? That, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't at all. But I'm glad that we're letting him do what he needs to do. Absolutely. Uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, I think he came up just short of 1,841. Yeah. Eh, that's fine. It's okay. 841 is not bad for a, for a guy that's your backup running back. God, no. Of course <laughs> not. Mm-mm. Let's see. And then we got uh, – we, ha- we we really did hold them to very few rushing yards this game. The Steelers have just not rushed good as a team this year at all. And, it, and again, it showed in this game. I mean, Connor's only got 37 yards. I mean, Connor's not the same guy he's been the last two seasons. I, yeah, you're not wrong there, but I think this that had more to do with uh, we were playing with just that much of a purpose this week. That too, that too. Our defense did a pretty good job. Um, I think it was just at the end of the game, maybe some of the some of the passing, uh, pass defense mistakes down the field. But considering we were thinned out and without Denzel Ward, I, I can't necessarily say that I'm disappointed in what happened. It was kind of expected. Oh yeah, I'm not surprised. But anyway, let's get on to the receiving game here. All right, so receiving game, pretty balanced on the balance uh, side. Pretty balanced. We didn't obviously have a lot of rece- receiving yards, but that's going to be mainly due to the fact they held us to only less than 200 yards uh, receiving or passing this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. We had Higgins leading the charge with uh, two receptions for 55 yards. Including that huge 42-yard game he had. Higgins, um, I want to see what he has has on the year. Uh, nearly 600 yards receiving. Not bad for a guy that really didn't play the first three or four weeks of the season. <clears throat> so we're looking at a guy here that I really think deserves to be in that one and two slot with uh, Landry. More I do. So than Beckham. Uh, I, I guess my question to you is now, because now that we're at the end of the regular season, do you think that the Browns showed enough that they could do without Odell Beckham in the future? I say at least give it the off season to uh, you know beginning of the practices next season for mm-hmm. trying to figure out what they want to do with Beckham. Yeah, I think the management's going to have to have a talk with him and say, you know what, we want you part of our future plans, but you're going to need to realize that 
you can't always be getting the ball. The ball goes to who's open. If that means there's certain games where you have no receptions, then so be it. Yeah. Winning's more important than your ego. And if you can't understand that, then you know what you have to do. Exactly. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. Time will tell. Uh, Landry finished the uh, regular season off with 840 yards and three touchdowns. His touchdown counts low, but his 840, he got up near 1,000, especially since his slow start. Exactly. And he, I'm assuming he was our uh, leading receiver during the regular season. I'd have to check, but more than likely, yes. Higgins probably is not too far behind him because Higgins had some big plays this season, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, Austin Hooper. Four receptions, 37 yards, and the lone TD catch. And Austin Hooper finishes the year with 435 yards, 46 receptions, and four touchdowns. I would have expected more touchdowns probably from Hooper this year. Um, he didn't quite have the year that I was expecting when we signed him. But I think maybe his chemistry with Baker will get better as he's here longer. Oh, yeah. As long as longer he's here, the better he's going to get with us. Absolutely. So it's just a matter of time waiting there. Uh, I mean, really, from there, there's not much else to discuss uh, receiving game-wise other than uh, Chase Claypool having a fucking game of his life. Yeah, Chase Claypool, I was just astonished by. I'm astonished by him this year. He is the guy that stood out. I had absolutely no reason to hate on his play this year because of how well he did this game. No. Um, uh, he's got he's got mad respect for me, and um, I mean, what was it that huge forty-one yard bomb that Rudolph threw to him late in the game that mm-hmm. he thread the needle to catch? Oh, that! Oh, I, yeah, that was a beautiful catch. Who was it that was on him? Uh, Harrison. Yeah, I think it was Harrison. And the fact that he was able to get that through just high enough to keep out of Harrison's reach. Yeah, yeah. I I I just I couldn't believe it. I I just it, it it was just so impressive to see um especially since like uh their number one receiver was Juju Smith-Schuster for for so many years and it's just it's starting to show that Juju is no longer their their number one guy I don't think anymore. I think Claypool's becoming uh Ben's number one target. I I it's it, it, but if Ben leaves that might change. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. I'm not going to worry about it too much. I mean, Claypool is what? He's also a rookie, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Oh, yeah. Let's look at his stats for the year. His stats for the year. Claypool, 873 yards, nine touchdowns. 62 receptions with 873 yards and nine TDs. That is insane for rookie numbers. Yeah, especially since uh, let me go down to Juju Smith. Yeah, he he he. Juju Smith he had actually, a lot more receptions, but but he, Juju Smith, yeah, he had less yardage than uh, Claypool did. Mm-hmm. Wow. And Durnus Johnson's another one too. He picked it up at the end of the year too, and he ended up finishing with nine hundred twenty-three no, yards. Okay, had you Mike realized something? Durnus Johnson plays for us. Not Ernest Johnson. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, I I'm seeing the D and I'm conf- <laughs> I'm confusing. That. Yeah, you are. That's all right. Um, Delonte Johnson, correct? 
I believe so. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Yeah, 923 yards. I mean, that I did not expect that from a guy that (laughs) nobody really knew who he was to start the year. So they've got some good receivers on their team. Mm, They do, and that's the one thing that I'm that I'd be worried about with them in the future because a receiving core can really um, make your team elite, even if you have just an average quarterback. Oh, I know. Um, but anyway, let's get into more discussions here about what we're going to be expecting. Well, that's a good point. What are we expecting to see going forward? I think what we're expecting to see here at this point is we're going to be looking at a Browns team that I'm honestly fully expecting to get wiped off the face of the earth this week. As much as I hate to admit it, I don't you think really they're going to be. Gonna happen, huh? I don't think they're going to be a healthy Pittsburgh team because Pittsburgh's getting most of their people back to, for this game. They're also playing with all their first string. I'm. I want. I want to say that the Browns will be able to pull it off, but I just don't see it happening. I mean, I can understand that. Um... As a whole, I, I get it. And and Browns being without Stefanski really, really, really hurt my confidence level. Yeah. Um, Going forward, I don't necessarily want to say that the Browns are out of this game completely, though. And, and the only reason why I say that is because they have an offense that can be dynamic. And if the offense comes to play and the running backs – are able to do what they've done all year, and Baker ends up having a game like he had in Tennessee. Um, if the offense can, can keep up, they have a shot to stay in this. The defense, I'm not going to rely oh, yeah. on. Don't get me wrong. I do have a feeling that they have a chance to stay in this game, but I just don't think at the end we're going to see that they were able to pull it off. I think what we're going to be looking at here is something along the lines of it's going to be a higher-scoring game. Mm-hmm. But I also see the score, the final score only being like a three-point difference. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Um, That's kind of what I was going with about a three-point difference. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say my prediction is going to be it's going to be something along the lines of uh, Pittsburgh's probably just going to beat us 30 to 27. So you're going to give the Steelers the win here. Yeah, as much as I don't want to. Um, I'm going to agree with you on on the fact of a three-point spread here. Um, I think this game is going to be close. Um, I know some of the media pundits think that the Steelers are going to roll. I don't think the Steelers are going to roll here. Um, I think the Browns are going to play with a purpose. Their coach is gone. They're going to play for their coach, they're going to play for their city, and they're going to play for their fans, and I think they're going to come out strong. It's going to stay close. And for some reason in my gut, I am going with a 41-38 Browns win. It's bold. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think both offenses are going to be lighting it up. Both defenses are going to show their weaknesses, especially with the Steelers being without Joe Hayden. It gives Baker a, a side of the field to attack. Um, 
Yeah, what, it does give him a side of the field to attack, which is why I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Yeah, I think I think you're going to see basically what happened in last week's game with 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 Denzel Ward being out, and the Steelers were attacking that side of the field. I think you're going to see Baker do the same kind of thing in the playoff game with Joe Hayden not being there again. Yeah. But um but like I said, it's just to me, I just don't think we have our team especially what's gonna kill us in the end is we don't have the experience of being in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's gonna be the thing that kills us this week is the fact we don't have the experience of playing at a playoff caliber. Um yeah, I, I, I can under, I can understand that. Um and that might be the one thing that ends up being our downfall because even if but the here, but here's the thing about this though, that you got to take away from, even if we lose this week, mm-hmm. we have that playoff experience. We've made the playoffs that's for the true. first time in 18 years. Mm-hmm. We're going to be a team that's going to be feared now because we, of what we were able to accomplish this season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these we're mind you, this is also on a rookie head coach as well. Coaching us to an eleven and five record, yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that imagine th- just what the hell we're going to be able to do from here. My guess is this is going to be nothing more than motivation for us for years to come. We're going to see the Browns as perennial playoff contenders probably for years at this point. I would hope so. Um, I mean, the fact that a rookie head coach came in here and gave us our best record we've had since the Browns came back in ninety nine. That alone um, is a huge statement to the Browns' future. And two, um, we talked about Coach of the Year, and we've talked about it for weeks. And after the Jets game, I think he's, I think he's locked up Coach of the Year. I think so too, because I know a lot of people were cooled off after he lost to the Jets. But let's think about what he was, what was ripped away from him in that Jets game, and that's why it played a good factor in why they lost. Yeah. And the fact that he carried a team that was 0-16, you know, was it three seasons ago? Uh, and carried them to uh, a No, it was uh, two. No, yeah, it was three seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And he carried them to 11, an 11-win 11 season in three years. And uh, being a rookie head coach. And he turned a whole franchise around. How can he not be coach of the year? Who else out there deserves coach of the year more than him right now? When he helped – when he – I'm not going to say he alone – did this, but when he helped take a team and make them into a national conversation mm-hmm. on ev- almost every level, every week, it feels like, how do you not deserve the coach of the year at that point? And it wasn't for all the wrong reasons, too, for the media coverage. No. No, you're absolutely right. Um, the only guy that was in a conversation with him was Mike Tomlin, but that was also before they went on their losing streak at the end of the season. Yeah. But that so, was to be expected. Yeah. Uh, to, to me, to me, he's got to win coach of the year. Um, I, I, I don't think, see anybody I else. But well, what we're going to be seeing though is at, with I, the unfortunate loss, I feel like we're going to have this week. Like I said, it's just my personal opinion. Hmm. Um, I think this is going to greatly motivate Mayfield and the others during the offseason. Mm-hmm. We're going to be seeing a team that could possibly reach the Super Bowl next year. 
Yeah, I think that if they build that defense up with some veteran presence, I think the Browns are easily contenders next year, no question about it. Oh, easily, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see, but... Um, but, okay, so we're at the end of the regular season, of course. Um, you and I had predictions at the end <coughs> of the year, and our predictions were pretty spot on, I think, for the most part. I mean, I think you and I both... Said around eleven I had, and five. I, I, had, I think the well, the max I said was eleven and five. I think you had said something mm-hmm. about like uh, twelve and four. Yeah, I think I said twelve and four, eleven and five, and I think you said eleven and five, ten and six. Yeah. So we were right, right where we needed to be. And I, the one thing we both really got wrong, of course, was that Jets game. But when we predicted that, we didn't expect all our well, receiving also, core to be out I either. I don't think we expected the Cowboys game to go like it did, or the Colts game to go like it did. No. Mm-mm. No, there were games in there that I thought the Browns were going to win that they lost, like the Raiders game, a game that they should have won with no problem because they are obviously a better team than the Raiders. just happened to be that the weather played a huge factor in that game. But when you take that into account, it's it almost feels like we're a team – I don't know what really to say here. We're a team that really is just going to be a dominant force coming through here the next few, next couple years. Yeah, I feel like the Browns um, have the AFC North in the palm of their hand. I think the only team right now that might stand in their way is the Ravens. Yes, and that's mainly because of the Lamar Jackson threat, and that's always going to be the lingering threat that's going to be lingering in the Browns' mind. Um, the Steelers are but, trending in the wrong direction. But here's the biggest thing about this, though, for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. How long are they going to have that threat with Lamar Jackson? Because as we've seen, his ability to throw the ball isn't anywhere near as good as his ability to run it. Running quarterbacks do not last long in the NFL. No, they don't. And he's been lucky that he's avoided the injury bug. And I think it's coming for him in future seasons. It's got to be because running quarterbacks have a long history of it. You, you can't deny history. No, you can't. You've got to be built to take a hit if you're going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, as good as he is, if he gets a good hit put on him, mm-hmm. he's going to be out. Uh, Yeah, because uh, I hate to compare him to RG3, but I think that's a fair comparison to make. No, I put him more on the lines of uh, Michael Vick. Yeah, that's actually probably a, a fair comparison, especially since Vic was Vic was pretty talented, like Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah, I mean Vic Vic did pretty good keeping himself healthy for his first few years, but it started to to catch up to him, and that I fear is going to happen to Lamar Jackson probably too. So it's like I said, I just don't think we're going to have Lamar around for too terribly long. I think the the Ravens threat is going to make way for the Bengals to uh, make a rise. I I can honestly sit here and say that I think the Bengals' future is a lot brighter than the Steelers. And with the questions surrounding what's going to happen with Ben during the offseason, mm-hmm. we have no idea what's going to happen there. We have no, no idea what a lot of these uh, old guard quarterbacks are going to be doing after this season. 
Well, we've also heard uh, Ben Roethlisberger said he's going to come into this game like it may be his last. So it seems to me, even though he made a claim that he was coming back to Pittsburgh uh, next year. I'm about to say, what I heard was that was Phillip Rivers. No, that was uh, Roethlisberger, too. Maybe maybe Rivers said something like that, too, but Roethlisberger no, also No, he did. did. He said that uh, week 17, he was playing it like it was his last game because he, he said he might be retiring at the end of the season. So he, so basically, it sounds like Roethlisberger kind of duplicated what Rivers had said last week. Um, but Roethlisberger, Rivers, Brady, all these old guard quarterbacks, they're not going to be around forever. They're going to be the ones that are obviously going to be these huge names in the Hall of Fame, uh-huh. almost guaranteed. But take a look at these uh, teams, though. Who do they have as their backups? Nobody. Nobody. They're going to be the ones that are in trouble once their star quarterback retires. I mean, yeah, do you have the fact that they've got uh, a complete team and a lot of them, or at least some of them have, you know, that huge running game, Mm -hmm. or they have these star receivers that can make any quarterback look good. But what do you do if you get someone that can't do that? What do you do if you're a team that doesn't have any of those options and your big reliance was on the star quarterback? You fall apart real quick. Yeah. So I think that's what we're looking at with the Steelers. Well, I mean, let's take a good look. I mean, Roethlisberger's going to be on his way out. Brady will be on his way out here soon, too. Rivers will be gone. Breeze said that this might be his last year. Um. Who else am I forgetting here? Uh, another aging quarterback. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. He's getting there. Uh, the the NFL is changing. And, Aaron Rodgers? Um, yeah, I think, he, I think Rodgers is, what, 37, 38 now? Yeah, yeah. He's probably got maybe another season or two, maybe. Yeah, he's not going to be around much longer. No, and and then and yeah, Breeze made a statement too that he that he said this playoff run might be his might be his last. So even Breeze might be no longer in the league next year. So I mean, a lot of teams it seems to me are going to be looking for quarterbacks next year. Quite possibly, anyway. But um, all in all, I, so I, we're going to be looking at a team that is going to be in trouble once. Roethlisberger is gone because I, as much as you can say that uh, Mason Rudolph could be your next quarterback, mm-hmm. when you don't, when you especially, but especially with the Steelers and Roethlisberger himself, mm-hmm. when you have a team and a quarterback and a and you know your franchise quarterback that aren't helping you really, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. The Steelers really don't have much of an option once Roethlisberger goes. Well, that's true because the team's going to fall apart. Roethlisberger, I think, has been the backbone of the Steelers all this time. <laughs> With him gone, that team is not going to be the same regardless of what talent is there or who their quarterback is. It's not just going to be pick up where we left off football. It's going to take time to find a new rhythm and new chemistry. Yeah. So, I like I said, I think we're going to see the downfall of the Steelers come the end of this season. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. I think it's. I think it's coming. I think this is the, really their last maybe year where they're going to make their try to make their legitimate run. But uh, but all in all, uh, with the Browns, uh, at the end of the day, even if they lose this game, uh, it should it, it it shouldn't dishearten the fans. 
You know, no, at the end of the day, no, God, no. They, they had a fantastic season. They gave us an unexpected season. And they gave us something worth rooting for, especially through the, the year that we've we've had in the world. It, it was something unexpected, and it was something nice to have, to hold on to from the year. No, I wholeheartedly agree. So it's a matter of just waiting for us to improve that little bit more. Let's just hope that maybe they can pull something out of their head on Sunday and keep this run going. But we'll find out in just a few short days if they have what it takes to pull off an upset. Exactly. All right, so with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jason Kabasik here with Mike Lingler, and this is the Dog Foundation signing out. Go Browns. Go Browns.